0: But if he was smart, he just said, uh, I don't know what he said. <laughs> Your wife's in here. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's why I just decided to see you all. Thank you, everybody. Um, glad you're all here. Happy New Year. Uh, blessed, I can say, really blessed. Uh, oh, hey, how do you like this? Yeah, I put it on my Christmas list. I put a really much cheaper one on here, you know, for my children to be able to My daughter, Holly, went ahead and still walked in and get it. Okay. a coffee, mug. she said, Hey, what can I say? I got out of work at 6 a.m. Uh, most of you, a lot of you don't know, I know they sent you a, uh, some of you in text as far as to pray for me. Our midnight guy that had midnights through this weekend came down with COVID so they messed about everybody's schedule up and I'm mean when they're trying to sleep I gotta get up at 4 a.m on Friday morning or, or just yeah, Friday morning and I just meditate and I just find work good next number one and number two to do it on Thank cool. uh the guy coming on next week the coming week uh he was just overwhelmed that I was going to do that and he likes working business. and he said well listen I'll come out two days earlier and save you on that four day stretch that you might have had volunteered for I said that'd be wonderful uh, I said, I got court in the morning on Monday morning so I gotta be back I to be back up tomorrow morning at four but uh, he didn't get 20 hours overtime That was a blessing. But uh, I believe in America. I believe in America. It was a miracle. I got not one call of any type, even for a disabled vehicle. Richmond never called me as a dispatcher. Richmond never called me the 31st and last night. So other than staying up all night, That was, uh, that was where I this, I believe. Got a long lesson here, and so uh, I'll be coming to try to really uh, roll. Does everybody have a uh, lot notes? Can I hang on, if you will? Um, if, if I don't get through it, because I don't want to run over because I know uh, the pastor got something, uh, what if, what if we got stuff special this morning, obviously, so I don't want to run over so if it gets to the point where I can't finish, then I'll just finish next week. we need you in Jesus Christ only to our Christ. Amen. He thought, he thought, purified. Purified. Yeah. Miss Barbara, do you have notes? Yeah. God, amen. Glad you're here this morning. Hope you're feeling better. Uh, just a little bit of review as far as last week's lesson. What is the will of God for my life? So I have the notes. What God's clearly revealed will is found in his written word, the Bible. The word of God concerning the transition from childhood to adulthood, parents before their children, and children in relation to their parents. If you weren't here Wednesday night, I would highly, highly recommend listening to Pastor's message. Um, it kind of dovetailed into this part of the will of God, but it was an excellent message I told afterward. I wish I had known and not just known, but applied by every every point that he made on Wednesday night. 30 years ago uh, when Gabriel was born. Um, but it was a great message. I highly recommend looking uh, look it up and listening to it. The will of God in suffering. When we talk about suffering, that is something we just don't like to hear. But uh, the more I thought about this, the more I studied it, the more I realized it. Um, it's just part of life, whether you're a saved Christian or not. It just a lost person deals with suffering. We deal with suffering, and it goes all the way back to the to, to the two people that brought it to us, Adam and Eve. But um, we'll get into this here. But uh, the will of God and suffering. Let us just go into it. A. How does suffering come to all people of the world generally? Romans five twelve. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed by all men is all of sin. Number one. Through our own sins and mistakes, that so often causes us to bring suffering on ourselves because of the stupidity and the bad decisions that we make in life. We can bring um, suffering. It, it, it could be a whole host of different things. Number two, through the sins and mistakes of others. And that's very grievous. I, I've seen that a lot at work. Um, as crashes, where you know a parent's driving badly, uh, foolishly, just you know, stupidly, have a crash. The children get injured because of the stupidity of the parent suffering. Number three, your temptations. And you see that I've got a lot of references here. That I'm not going to go into. And if you, you can keep a hold of these notes, not to go back and okay, go back and check out John's uh, lesson. But as far as in the future, when you want to study something out from Scripture, I believe there's just a lot of passages, a lot of stuff that you can study out for your own self, especially if you find yourself in the middle of something very um, problematic and difficult in your life, in in a friend of mine, he's still a missionary in Romania today. he told me a long time ago, and I took I took to heart and I've applied it to my life that. When something is just shocking that happens and it's like you don't know why it happened, just get on your knees, number one, and then open the Bible to Proverbs and just start reading and reading and reading through the whole book of Proverbs. And it's it's like it's like a medicine that can really bring some soothing, comfort, insight, understanding. But uh, number four. Through God's intentional dealings with man, God brings on stuff. Uh, brings on hurricanes. Brings on, um, because of wickedness or whatever, people suffer from their their wicked lifestyle. And uh, many other things here in Job, uh, there's a reference here in Job where um, God intentionally allowed to to be. Why do Christians, the born again spiritual children of God, suffer? That's well, where we all want to get to get look at it. times it can be something just simple that we're just not living holy enough and God wants us to live holy and he wants us to bring us closer. We know there's a passage of scripture that it's to bring us closer to him, not just for the the fun of I just want to make you feel miserable. No, it's to draw us to him. Number two, we are called there unto. We're called to suffer. And, And this is where It is suffering compared to living in America if you're American. And you know what it's like here. And the freedoms we've had thus far, though we're losing them very fast. But you go to any country, one of the things that shell shocked us, we went to Romania in 1997. There's no Walmart. You think that's funny? It's not. When you have nowhere to shop, when there's nothing. When I did most of the shopping back in, well, the I'm going to tell you were there it's because I would drive around there and hear it drive a lot, you've got small children anyhow, and a lot of times you're not allowed to bring your small children into the stores uh, over there, so the culture is radically different in all these different countries, there's, there's a lot of suffering from day-to-day life, all right? I can assure you, Josh's brother, missionary over in Moldova, he, he and his wife are doing some serious suffering. suffering. In the living conditions there, because we're about 15, 20 years behind where Romania is at. As far as just, I don't know where it's at now. When, when I, even still, when the pastor was there when I was in 2019 over there in Moldova, it's a different world. There's a lot of suffering. Um, we're called there unto number two, number three, to identify with the sufferings of Christ. Number four, in persecution. We have no idea what true, real suffering is like compared to what the Christians are going through in the Middle East, or the Christians are going through in China, or some of these other countries, or some of these other countries that are just horrible. I mean, they're really suffering. Number five, in the expenditure of our personal resources. Number six, in oppression by satanic forces. Number seven, that the works of God might be made manifest. Number eight, through living out the divine will and plan of God in your life. In your life, if you are going to live for God, if you are going to live holy, if you're going to live according to the book, you're going to suffer. You're going to be ridiculed. I, I backed up someone on a DUI uh night before last. That was my choice. I was involved the system. And um, they're dating somebody. Or they're kind really of dating, but he knows somebody really likes him. But she is she's a member of Heights Church. And he considers that a cult. He says, Yeah, she was a church. It's a cult. He says, Really? Heights Church. It's a cult. She makes like $100,000 a year. She told me she gives 10% of her tithe to the church. And I can't, he can't have that around it. And, um, and yeah, I kind on of, talking to him uh, sometime about it as far as perspectives. I said, I don't think she must have given it to the church and given it to God. And that's the difference between your mindset and her mindset. She goes, Yeah, she, she kind of thinks it's going to be a problem. I said, Oh, yeah. Problem. I said, It's to be a problem, too. You get hooked up if you're not, uh, not living for the Lord. But anyway, 2 Timothy 2 3 says, Thou, therefore, endure hardest as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Then it goes on there in verse 9. Where I suffer trouble. I suffer trouble as an evil doer. Now understand what Paul is saying. He's not saying, because I'm an evil doer, I am suffering trouble. He's identifying with Jesus Christ suffering. What happened with Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ was identified as a criminal. Was he not? Jesus Christ was crucified and found guilty as a criminal. And he was crucified between cr- cr- criminals and so the world. You had three criminals up there. So the Apostle Paul, because of the life he was living, he suffered trouble in this life as an evildoer, like Jesus Christ as an evildoer. You could say the Apostle, the Apostle Paul as a criminal. He was in bonds, he was in prison. For how he lived his life, he was suffering. So that's the context of what the Apostle Paul is saying. He's not as an evildoer because I'm an evildoer. But no, he's being looked at and considered and regarded as an evildoer. And that is coming to us in America. You can see the writing on the wall, it is coming. And not just in America, around the world, especially in these other nations. Canada and Great Britain, where there's control, and you just put whole everything you see going on right now. As an evildoer, even unto bonds, some of you take taken good to that extent. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure of all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. It is a faithful saying. For if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he, he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. Second Timothy three i we've heard Pastor quoted in the past. Yea, and all that will live God in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. All, yea, and all that will live godly; those of us that will live godly according to the word of God, which in Canada is now pushing extremely hard, consider this hate literature. We're going to do have book burning like they did in Nazi Germany. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall. Suffer persecution. Letter C. What does suffering accomplish? Accomplish in us. Number one. Produces patience. And faith. Produces patience and faith. Number two. Produces personal experience. which we might relate and comfort others each one of us have very different and unique experiences of sufferings in our lives that God is able to use to minister to others among us in our assembly of believers. you understand what I just said there? Did you, did you grasp that? Each one of us have very different and unique experiences of sufferings in our lives that God is able to use to minister to others among us in our assembly of believers. Now, if God, and He would have to give me the grace to handle it, but if God took here at home. Some people here that would be great to be able to minister to my children Sarah Gross, Brian Boots, Pastor, because the mother they lost is the same age as Karen. Mark Boots, their father. Be a great man be able to minister to me. Sometimes we suffer. We can minister to people, other people, in a great way. We can empathize like never before. Number three, produces hope. Produces hope through our experiences. Produces holiness in, in a harvest. In our lives. Number four makes us perfect. Makes us perfect. Now we're not talking about when we get our glorified body makes us perfect. We're talking about complete, about mature. Uh, as far as you know, just not you know, just childish goofiness. As far as Christians, and I think that is a stark, brutal realization of the condition of Christendom or Christianity today and in most churches of how shallow the churches are today is that there are so many in the churches including the pastor behind the pulpit that is only into a shallow Christianity that does not have any suffering attached to it and there's not a completeness or maturity or perfection in their lives living as holy Christians before God Almighty. It's just a matter of how do I look to everyone else versus how was my life before my Father in Heaven right. first and foremost and let everybody else will just fall into place. When I don't want to say fall into place. I'm talking about as far as my responsibility for other people when I'm most concerned about What does God say? Number five. Number five. Establishes and strengthens us. Makes us stronger. Strengthens us. Number six. It is proof. It is proof of godliness. We just, we just uh, went over that verse quite a bit there, 2 Timothy 3, 12. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Group of God. Seven unites, unites, or no, I'm sorry, unifies, one, one or the other, but unifies the local church of born-again believers. Unifies us. In in. That's one of the things that stood out when we first got to Romania. Of these these poor groups and listened to testimonies of what it was like being a Christian church. That even the Orthodox Church was was ridiculed and fought against under communism uh, for the most part. But um, these other Christian churches that just you know it, 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 it causes a bond in the unification and the uniting. There's no squibbling or squabbling or whatever or just mighty little stupid you know personal peeves or whatever. Okay. Just thankful you're able to get together. You know, whether no matter where it's at, whether it's in a barn or they don't care about, it. well this barn is okay, but it doesn't have the red carpet I wanted. Anyway, number eight, glorifies God. It brings glory to God. Glorifies God. A letter D. What ways can you as a Christian respond to suffering? You can despise it and rebel against it. You can faint in the day of adversity. You can yield reluctantly. Or number four, you can yield to the will of God and it's certain suffering. With rejoicing. That's where it's very critical to know the book. You've read it, you've studied it, you've learned it, you know what it says. It's not, why is this happening to me? Well, number one, generally, if something bad happens, I go, like, okay, Lord, have I messed up somewhere? I've got sin in my life. I want to make sure it's straight, I want to make sure it's right right? And, and you beg God to, to open up anything, you'll reveal in me if there's something that I, I've missed or I'm missing. Or sometimes we know clearly what it is, and it's like, Lord, forgive me. I brought this on myself. But um, rejoicing that I've given some references there, Paul and Silas in prison, I mean, why are they singing? They're in bonds. I mean, how what, what would our reaction be if all of a sudden you know, Pastor and I are out there door knocking. and all of a sudden the police roll up because of a lot of that We didn't know about or we didn't know about it. We're still ignoring it because we're more concerned about getting the gospel out. And the RICO right PD or whoever, the state police show up and block us. Also, here some of the disciples, you know, were rejoicing; they kind of worthy to be suffered. That kind any better reference now. E. What should our attitude be towards suffering? Except, except the following biblical truths. Except the following biblical truths. Number one, suffering is an unavoidable. Is an unavoidable. Part of this human life. Everybody suffers. The fact that we're going to die, the fact that our loved ones are going to die one day. Number two, suffering is a part of our Christian calling. We're called to, to suffer. Number three, realize that God's plan is bigger than God's overall plan is bigger than we are. Number four, the Bible tells us it is good to be afflicted. It is good to be afflicted. Number five, if we suffer, we shall reign. I believe we already uh, read something on that. If we suffer, we shall reign. R e i g n. For those that may like me, it's like r a i n. All right, number six. We should rejoice when we suffer. We should rejoice when we suffer. Number seven, realize that all temptation, trials, and sufferings must pass through the approval of God. Approval. Now, the lesson plan um, that uh, I've, I've used for usher and discipling uses a term called the permissive will of God which you can't find it in the Bible. And my dad always despised that term permissive will. You know, he looked at it as God has two wills. God has his will and then he's got a second will he can't Mind, got a yeah, permissive No. God has his will. When it came to Job, it was the will of God that allowed Satan to do what he did to Job. God has his will, that's it. Now, I mean, that was some It's not that big of a deal. Somebody wants to use permissive of God. It's where God is allowing something to happen. His permissiveness. Alright, my daddy, God, the approval of God. God approves it. Yes, Satan, you can afflict them, X, Y, Z, whatever. And what I'm saying is, is that nothing's going to happen to us because we are his children that he does not allow and that he is not fully aware of what's taking place in our life, with our children, no matter what. And that's hard to deal with at times. I, I, I had the battle. You talk about the time. As far as medical, you don't have to worry about it until you have to take your children to the ER. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's not like American ER. You go in there and say, like, Oh, dear God. Really? Number eight. Here. Worship amidst amidst, 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 in the middle of suffering, proves our loyalty to God and repudiates Satan's lie. He, he said about Joe. In, 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 in an example. Of what example about Job, he says, I'm not saying, hey, I used to do this God, we will go ahead and forsake him. Number nine, we know that all things work together for good. Now, to me, it needs to continue on. Just, yeah. know, we know that all things work together for good to them that are called according to his purpose. Okay. I believe verse 29. Possibly. Number ten, our suffering cannot be And if we don't get anything else out of the suffering section, this number 10 is what we need to really always, always remember in relation to suffering. Our suffering cannot be compared to the glory that will be revealed in us in due time. In due time. God's will and principle or his plan for your life. Number eight letter eight. God has clearly revealed through his written revelation the Bible, what he desires for each of his creatures but that doesn't help us determine whether we should buy that car or take this job or live in that house or marry this person. What is God's will and plan concerning these things? Number one, you will never find the will of God or his plan outside of the written word of God as well as the living word of God, the Lord Jesus What I'm saying is, outsider, that it goes against the Bible. I've got a word from the Lord. The Holy Spirit instructed me. I've got a word from the Lord that I married the wrong woman. After 35 years, I married the wrong woman. And I need to marry her, and she'd be better off if I was in ministry with that woman. What? I'm being very facetious about some of the dumbest things people come up with. God's never going to go outside the written word of God. You can find God's will and plan by renewing your mind. You renew your mind by letting this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. You must replace carnal thoughts with God's thoughts by immersing yourself in the word of God. Number two, you must be in conformity, conformity to the clearly revealed will of God before he will reveal his plan to you. Your priority should be to fulfill the general will and reasonable expectations. I'm talking about God's reasonableness, God's reasonable expectations of us, the reasonable expectations of God in your daily life. And then trust him to guide you in the detailed plans specific to you. The question then comes, how does God reveal his will concerning these things to the seeking individual? Sometimes God reveals his will through opportunities, doors open, doors closed. Circumstances, the wishes of parents, uh, so I'm, I was not marry that girl. I want to take it to heart. What I'm saying? And there's a balance between not letting mom and dad be the Holy Spirit, but there is a serious, serious dimension to God working through mom and dad. All right, like I mentioned last week. No one on this planet loves you more than your mother, than your dad, than our human, human species. And they want what's best for you more than you realize what you want is best for you. The wishes of parents, the advice of friends, the evaluation of one's own abilities, personal inclinations, the needs of the day, and conscience. B three things concerning God's will and plan are true. One, the written word of God directs, directs us. We know that in scripture. God often guides you verses of scripture that speak loudly to you. Be cautious, just don't open the Bible, close your eyes, and point to a verse at random. God is a God of order. <laughs> Number two, saturate yourself with the Word of God so that the, the Lord can bring various verses. In passages of scripture to your mind, B. God's will never contradicts His written word. Therefore, know your Bible. Know the Bible. Number two, our inner conviction agrees. God has given us the Holy Spirit to guide us, and He bears witness with our spirit that a certain course of action is right. Or wrong? B. Again, be cautious. Is the voice you hear the voice of your own desires or is it indeed the voice of God? we, We could go deep on this one. Timing is everything. Even if you believe God has called you to something specific, timing is crucial. Number one, even if God called you and you can you can lay out, yes, God called me, and I said, yeah, God called you. As far as I'm concerned, as I've lived it in my life, is it God's plan for you? You've heard me say this before. Every one of us knows very clearly, or should know, I believe, here. We know emphatically that God called Abraham to sacrifice Isaac and allow him to go all the way to the point of plunging the dagger in him before he stopped him and said, okay, that's all I wanted to know if you are willing. That's good. It wasn't my plan that you kill your son. I called you. God may call you, but make sure it's his plan and timing is everything. Timing is everything. Don't rush into something because if it's not in God's timing it'll be a big mess. Uh, Number one there. The heart of your old man is deceitful and the Bible talks about that. Number two. Delight yourself in God and he will give you the proper desires. Right there in Psalms 37 4. It's not God promising to give you your desires. It's his promise that when I delight, when when my delight in life Is God Almighty in living for Him, consuming His Word, where I might not have had a desire before for something, and I might even have an aversion, "Oh, that's the last thing I want to do." God can put that desire to work. That's all I want to do, and it came from God. And it came from God. God will give you the desires that He wants you to have. Number three. Per, uh, circumstances permit, permit God opens and he closes doors of opportunity. And we need to be very careful here that when we pray, say, Lord, if this is not your will, close the door. When he closes the door, be happy about it. It's a lot like, oh, man, I really want to do that." And I give you testimony on that. B. Nothing happens to the child of God by chance, and we know things. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. C. as road signs serve as guideposts in our travels, we accept circumstances as guideposts in the direction God's leading. D. caution. God, on occasion, allows Satan to control circumstances, as in the case with Job. Number four. When the word of God, the impulse of the Holy Spirit in my heart, and the outward circumstances are in harmony, then I am convinced that I am acting in accordance with the will of God. F.B. Meyer. Five. My desires may, may be my own and not God's, and so I can't fully trust my desires. The circumstances may be dismal or contrived by my adversary, the devil, so I don't want to blindly follow open or closed doors but thy word is true. John seventeen seventeen. There I must ultimately place my trust. And Simon said uh, as far as to the Matthew. To and Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. Uh, here in conclusion, the Lord Jesus Christ I'm sorry? The Lord Jesus Christ laid down a command that we should govern all our lives. We've heard it numerous times, Matthew 6 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, not your righteousness, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. First, Seek God's kingdom and his righteousness, fulfilling his will that is clearly revealed in the scripture. Secondly, then, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Then again, there, let us see. Trust in the Lord and do good, and so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Glide thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart admit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. The I would encourage you to hang on to the lesson and refer back to it. Uh, Especially if you're over there in India in Satan's hands Lord, I could, have, I could have done your will still back in America. But um, it's warfare. It's warfare. Endure hard as a good soldier, Jesus Christ. Really, Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for the opportunity that you have given me. thank you for your word. Lord, I say we take it apart and uh, learn from it. Lord, I'm that we love you with this new year coming up. Uh, Things would change, our part of life need to change. Uh, Lord, may we have a greater zeal than last year for you, for your work. Just know that this is not our home. We're just passing through on our way to eternity in heaven with you. And in Jesus Christ's holy name I pray.